0: on blast
1: this is week 15 of i'll name this football pod later part of the on blast podcast network available on apple spotify soundcloud google play and on youtube tell your friends my name is sheldon alexander and as always i'm joined by matt russell sports betting professional and host of the window sports betting podcast mr russell how you doing
0: I'm great, man. Three weeks to go. Final exam time here, right? Not just for the kiddies out there in college and university, but for us as well. This is it, man. We got to get us above 500 here with these pics of yours. Um, and I got to finish strong here in the Circa Million. We moved up a tiny little bit. Again, we are hanging out in the in the eighties right now. We're a half point technically out of the cash, though it's really more of a full point because it's a big tie. Long story short, um, <laughs> we got to do better than a three and two uh, effort this week. We have to hit our five and zero. Oh, uh, so that's the goal this week. Uh, of course, you know, listen, it's the goal every week, and we haven't done it yet this season. But <laughs> that's what we're gonna try to do.
1: There's still time. There's still time. That's all that really matters. And for those of you that might be new to the pod, just to give you a little breakdown of what we do here, we talk about the NFL, but from a gambling perspective, we're talking point spread, survivor picks and sucker bets. And yes, I go through, I bring on the lines, explain what side I'm leaning towards, which is normally the Joe public side, you know, that normal average take narrative. But then Mr. Russell comes in, he adds some numbers, some information, some education about where the line is, where it came from and where it could be going all in all hoping to help us all win some money each and every week now last week (laughs) i mean (laughs) you talked about the quest to keep above 500 i finished at 6 and 10 last week and by the end of the week like that monday night game i'm on cleveland plus three and (laughs) they're getting blown out i'm just like you know what it's fitting that just way off on this whatever right we don't got to go through everything that happened in that game because I think we all know no, what happened. Don't. But just for it to end on a safety that you couldn't even get a push, like I was looking at it, I was like, of course, this game would end in a push. When I could yeah. use the, the win for the record, of course, it's going to end in a push. And then, no, couldn't even end in a push. <laughs> it's like,
0: what? No, and you, yeah, you're like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, oh, I'm you know, down two touchdowns, whatever. Like I lost this game. And that's what we talk about all the time, right? Like on those games, you just flush it. You're like, yeah. okay, that's fine. Maybe go to bed early, something along those lines. Yeah. And then you come back and you're like, oh, we're like, how are we not going to cover this, right? going to have to go out of its way to at least push. And then all of a sudden you lose and you're like, you know, really would have enjoyed it a lot more if they just lost by two touchdowns.
1: Right? I mean, because you find yourself rooting for Baker and you're just like... I don't really want to be here.
0: <laughs> oh, come on. Baker here. was the least of that team's problems. On I running. know.
1: It's true. But I'm just saying Baker as an overall dude, I'll say. Yeah, <laughs> I'll as, say a,
0: yeah as a concept. Right? Sure.
1: <laughs> exactly. But I'm going to be honest. As I look into this week 15, I don't like this week. And I think it's probably because... I'm just really still salty from last week, but I'll say this before we get into it. I found myself leaning more and more towards the points just off of what happened last week and the whole seven point, you know, favorites and whatever's going on there. So I don't know if I'm being like too jaded by last week, but as we head into this week, Thursday night football matchup has the four and nine chargers heading to Las Vegas. The Raiders are seven and six. The Raiders are favored by three points. Now the Raiders fired their defensive coordinator after last week's game. Yeah. And somehow Anthony Lynn still has a job (laughs) despite the whole debacle. If you go back to what happened at halftime last week in that chargers game, what a gong show, the gong show continues, but they still find a way to be in games at three points. I want to lean towards the Raiders, but I, I don't know. The Raiders, it, this is a weird one to me because I, I don't know. The Thursday night is throwing me off too, because I don't know how each team's going to react on the short week. I feel like I should lean Raiders, but at the same time, that's only just because they're keeping their slim playoff hopes alive, but I don't really <laughs> think they're that good. Right. We, we've never really thought the Raiders are that good this whole year. Sure. So yeah. What are you thinking here?
0: Listen, man. So I I love this game. And maybe, you know, I like it a lot from a betting standpoint. I love it from a talk about it standpoint, like you're gonna have to get a tranquilizer dart and jam me in the neck. Like, you know, it's old school here to get me to stop talking about this game, because like, there's so much going on that i absolutely love when we talk about like breaking down games here and you talked about the monday night football game right And you're a big nba guy right mm-hmm. and so the monday night football like all of these you know we always talk about these prime time games being this like social media you know bringing everybody together right well like the nba everything about the nba is a social media experience kind of until you get to the games. And then it's like, yeah, games are played and then like maybe we watch, you know, like we're almost more excited to hear about, Charles Barkley and the boys after the game or at halftime than we are to necessarily watch the game sometimes because you know, like there's, you know it's basketball i love basketball but like there isn't that much crazy stuff that can happen you're never going to talk about the coaches after the game being well, like can you believe?" right can At you the believe end of you the, year, like, that what? the
1: lakers are in the finals how did that happen <laughs> nobody right. thought that was gonna happen
0: right like yeah and nobody's going like oh man we really have to like you know rough up spolstra about that end of the <laughs> second quarter play call like that doesn't happen so to, the point is is that tonight you know stemming off that monday night football game where everybody's talking about it like obviously the bad beat was an element but Lamar is coming back from like cramps and all of that sort of stuff. And tonight, like we finally get our boy on national TV where we all get to just enjoy the chaos that is Anthony Lynn here, right? Like we all get to do, like, it's all been sort of, I don't want to say swept under the rug, but like the people who know, know mm-hmm. over the past, whatever, 12 weeks of the season where these games have been going on at one o'clock and four o'clock with Anthony Lynn just absolutely de- just complete debauchery across the board. Now it's like, we all get to join in and and take this in together. And I want people to understand when they watch this game, one, you're really going to enjoy the Anthony Lynn incompetence, but I want you to point out to yourself where the Shane Steichen- offensive coordinator of the Chargers incompetence pops up, right? I want you to watch this with a discernible eye about what he's doing specifically and try, and try to, you know, split between the two. Now listen, Anthony Glenn hired Shane Steichen. He's, you know, allowing Shane Steichen to still be the offensive coordinator. Whereas John Gruden fires one of his best friends on earth, Right? Paul Gunther, the defensive coordinator for the Raiders. like He brought him in when John Gruden took over the Raiders and was like, yeah, my best friend here is going to be the defensive coordinator. It's gotten so bad for the Raiders that he's like, buddy, I'm sorry, man. Like, You got to go, right? It's like when eventually you realize that I'm not any good at this, you tell me. And you're like, hey, man, I can't have you on the podcast anymore, man. Like, it's just, it's just not working out, man. You're giving out too many pick sixes here. It's just not going to work. So we get to enjoy this shared experience tonight from a betting standpoint i mean who knows right but the point (laughs) is like plus three plus three and a half in a game where who knows like would you be stunned if the chargers won by three touchdowns right the raiders fire the defensive coordinator and by the way they're also without five starters on defense tonight and you go well you know chargers for sure then Right. Mm -hmm. Have to. And then you go, hang on a second. The chargers might be without Keenan Allen. They might be without Mike Williams. We don't really know what's going on there, by the way, again, Shane Steichen, worst coordinator in the entire league, even before a bunch of guys got fired. And so like, how do you really get all excited about backing that? But the point is from a value standpoint here, the Raiders can't be three and a half point favorites. And the market sort of took care of that and kicked this thing down to three. And I still think, you know, if you love them at three and a half, you have to at least like them at plus three, just sort of acknowledging that, you know, obviously that key number of three, you're going to push on that. But again, not the end of the world, right? If you had three and a half and you win on three and you're all about that, you know, the the plus three to get the push, not exactly, you know, a disaster necessarily, but I just couldn't be more excited about this game tonight. Everybody's going to finally get, if you don't already, you're going to finally get what you and I talk about on a a weekly basis to the point where we just sort of shrug our shoulders and go, yeah, at the end of the second quarter, as if like nobody needs to sort of describe it anymore because it's just fait accompli that like he's going to botch something.
1: Hey, maybe Anthony Lynn has just been saving all his great plays for this Thursday night primetime game. Maybe no. that's been it the whole time. Nope. <laughs> no. I think I can the lesson to you,
0: <laughs> that's not the case.
1: <laughs> I, I'll say this. This is the classic. I don't know what's going down. So when in doubt, take the points take and move points. on. Exactly. Take the points. Uh, exactly. Sure. As we move on to Saturday games, we're into this season where it's Saturday night specials here in yeah. the NFL. And we got two games. First being your 10 and three, AFC East leading. Buffalo Bills heading to Denver at six and a half point favorites and a full week of the Bills reading their whole, their own headlines. And now they head to Denver on a short week. I think they could still win, but I love Denver in the points. I just think Denver's offense as of late has been doing a lot better, um, They seem to be feeling themselves a little bit here. And that six and a half is a little weird because I'm wondering why it isn't quite seven, but maybe people are on Denver a lot more than I think anyways. I don't know. It's an interesting game. But as I look at it here, I think Buffalo wins. But I, I love the points in this situation.
0: Man, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Because like, yes, like the money's coming in here on Buffalo, right? And it's pushed this line up from the fives up into six to six and a half. And there's one certain website that has a seven right now. So you're asking like, why isn't this up to seven? It's interesting that your line is six and a half, because that's sort of an average of what I'm seeing out there, right? So, you know, I talk about on my podcast, the three or four websites, the three or four apps that you want to use as a Canadian to Mm -hmm. bet your sports, right? I mean, we want to have multiple outs and this is for, this is the exact reason why that's the case. Because if you go to bet 365 right this second, they're a six point favorite, the bills are. But if you go to sports interaction, sort of a more Canadian based, you know, I don't want to say square website, but, you know, lower limits, you know, very more recreational. Whereas bet 365, the pinnacles of the world also have it at six and those are high limit betting sites. Right. And that's the difference Mm -hmm. between the two higher limits. You get sharper play, you get more professional play there, sports interaction when they're limiting you to a couple hundred bucks here and there, it's going to be a little more square point is over there, you can get seven right now. Right. So that's why you want multiple outs because I think you're correct here you know, the Bills, again, we talked about it last week, like it's never going to look as good as it did on that Monday night. They get the win over the Steelers, but let's sort of take a step back here for a second, right? Two prime time victories, you know, going backwards. Pittsburgh, are we really loving how Pittsburgh looks right now against good teams? And by the way, like (laughs) that probably should have been a Pittsburgh lead at halftime. We've talked before about close to 80% of teams that lead at the half go on to win. And so, that game's really close at halftime. We're worried about Josh Allen in the weather in that circumstance. You know, the weather clears up over the course of the halftime, and then he's finding Stefan Diggs, and they find sort of one thing that they can do over and over and over against that Steelers defense, right? And they take advantage of that. And then from a defensive standpoint, they shut down the complete plain Jane Steelers <laughs> offense. We go back one more week, and you got your San Francisco 49ers hat on. I see it, I do. right? I do. And the Bills look really good offensively but they're also going against your boy Nick Mullins right so it's like Nick Mullins okay all right but we get credit because like you know he's throwing the ball over the yard we always talk about the bills in perfect conditions of course you had that in Arizona let's go a week before that mm-hmm. our boy Anthony Lynn you right and I didn't mention it in the Thursday night you know talk here but like you have to look at Anthony Lynn when you're frustrated by the things that he does and you go, this guy needs to be fired. You're hundred percent correct. He does need to be <laughs> fired, but we don't necessarily want him to be fired, right? Because you have to watch this Thursday night game and think to yourself, Anthony Lynn, value maker, right? Ooh. He makes everybody look, you know, better and or worse, sort of depending on the game, right? And so the Chargers very well could have walked into Buffalo and win that game with any other coach, right? So he's creating value on the other team from that standpoint. And so gotcha. we're looking at the Bills going like, okay, you know, really great record here, et cetera, et cetera. But again, a bigger thing to jump here, right? They were underdogs to San Francisco. They were only two and a half point favorites to the Steelers, right? Under a touchdown at home to Anthony Lynn. And now it's seven in some situations here against the Denver team that when they're allowed to use a real professional quarterback have actually looked pretty good, right? Like we've been thrown off the scent here in a couple of different ways. And I was impressed last week. I was on Carolina because Denver was without three of their top DBs. They're going to be out a fourth here against Buffalo, which has some concerned and why the line also is kind of ticking up here as well, potentially against a Bills team that wants to throw it around. But also they were without both of their tackles on the offensive line. Didn't seem to matter, right? They were creating enough, Uh, you know, protection there for Drew Locke that he's able to go deep a couple of times to KJ Hamler. And like you said, the offense has all that weaponry now, right? With Fant, Hamler, Judy, and that, you know, cadre of running backs. They're going to be able to run the ball against Buffalo, right? Like just because Pittsburgh couldn't do it, you know, San Francisco had some success, but their defense let them down so that they couldn't keep running the football that week. And again, the week before that, we already know about the Chargers run game, total disaster. So like, this is kind of a rough matchup. We haven't even gotten to the weather, right? Denver in December does that some, sound like something that's going to interest Josh Allen based on again what we saw in the first half last week we'll see sort of how that shapes up the rest of the week so I think you're 100% right man like six and a half let's try to get that seven and yeah it's definitely a play for Denver
1: I like it I like it a lot another Saturday night game you have the 10 and 3 Packers hosting the four and nine Panthers Packers are eight and a half point favorites this game is kind of the same in the sense that I think the Packers can win but I also think that eight and a half points is a lot and again I'm admitting that I'm jaded from all the points in the bigger spreads of more than a touchdown spreads from last yeah. week but and I know it's not as simple as the Packers couldn't cover against the Lions indoors on the track that is yeah. you know the Silverdome or what, what's it called Ford Field my bad the, the Silver Dome. You know. How much did I just... Silver Dome was,
0: is, was famously destroyed a few years ago in one of the right? great implosions of all time, which is yes. symbolic, of course, of the Lions franchise every single season.
1: <laughs> right. But now you're taking this game outdoors, and I know it's Lambo, it's their home field, but you're still outdoors, and you're giving away more points against what could be a better team. Like, I don't know. Like, I think the Panthers might be better than the Lions. Either way. I, I feel like it's the same way where I got to take the eight and a half points here. No,
0: I think, yeah, I think again, you're on to something here and sort of a big picture here on this Saturday, right? Beware of the two team money line parlay, the two team teas here that's setting up with mm-hmm. Buffalo and green Bay, right? One of these teams is going to botch that up. And, you know, I couldn't necessarily tell you which one, right? Denver may very well win. I wouldn't be surprised by that. I actually wouldn't even be that surprised if Carolina won this game obviously we wish that Christian McCaffrey was back, right? Like that's a no, no brainer. But the secret guy who's back this week, maybe not so secret if you're still in your fantasy playoffs here, is DJ Moore, one of the better wide receivers that not a lot of people talk about
1: i um, not a secret because him being out is why I'm not in the fantasy playoffs. Anymore.
0: Okay. Okay. But it's okay. Sword we spot. can go
1: on. I'm okay. Sword
0: spot for you there. <laughs> um, I, I, I managed to stay in and now I get to bring him back into my lineup personally. Well, so, lucky you. Um, well,
1: yeah,
0: Whoopie <laughs> woo. Tell me more about your fantasy team guy who nobody cared. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so I, you know, listen, I think Carolina is going to have, has the offense, right? And you said, yeah, I think they're better than Detroit. Unequivocally they're better than yeah. Detroit. Right. I mean, the shutout win a few weeks ago would certainly lend ourselves to to think that as well. And as much as they lost to Denver last week, you know, it was kind of a fluky game there as well. We talked about Denver's offense getting going, but they had nothing for Carolina in the first half. They got a punt return. And of course I'm watching the game going like Denver gets their first punt return in five years on the day that I'm fading them as an underdog. Sweet. Um, So, you know, like the defense for Carolina, you know, slowed down or, you know, got a little worse there and had some, you know, deep balls beat them and of course aaron Rodgers is going to take advantage of that and i'm not saying that aaron Rodgers isn't going to throw up 28 points here without even blinking i just think that you know carolina can do pretty close to the same against the green bay packers defense and guess what right we haven't even gotten to the magic you know four words in all of sport you know teddy bridgewater under dog right? Like, here we go, go. right? It's the perfect, it's all of the stats that we've been quoting all year, where nobody believes that that a Teddy Bridgewater team can keep up with this good team on the road that of course is getting more than a touchdown, you know, that they're getting more than a touchdown from. And like, here we are, right? We're here in the, you know, all the different uh, 15 and three in this and 11 and two in that and all of that sort of thing. Perfect spot here for Carolina, as people are thrown off the scent a little bit by that loss to Denver last week. And I think you're right, you know, the back door wide open. You know, there was really no question that Detroit and Sta- you know, when Stafford was in that they weren't going to get that late touchdown. Right. And Philadelphia did it the week before they just, of course, happened to give up the Aaron Jones touchdown to sort of unbackdoor that game. But like you mm-hmm. see same thing with Chicago, right? They didn't backdoor because they were so far behind, but I don't expect Carolina to be that far behind. So Carolina's going to get the last touchdown in this game which means you need to be 17 points clear right and if you're comfortable with that against a you know decent offense in carolina then more power to you i'm just not i actually like carolina even more than i like denver on the saturday
1: i like it a lot take the points take the points if I was l- naming this podcast, take the points.
0: It, that um, may end up be the name for it. I would yeah, be, I forgot.
1: This podcast doesn't have a name. <laughs> like yeah,
0: that's okay. Right. If I was naming the podcast that I'm planning <laughs> on naming later to the degree that I've called it, I'll name this football pod later, what would I name it? I
1: mean, Classic. if it was later. Uh, <laughs> as we move on, though, yeah, uh, the 12-1 <laughs> Chiefs. We're going to Sunday. Sunday action. 12-1 and 1 Chiefs. Are in New Orleans against the ten and three Saints. Chiefs yeah. are three point favorites, and the Chiefs keep finding new ways to not cover. As I still don't really understand how they didn't cover against the Dolphins last week, the seven points, despite being up by what twenty, I think it was in the fourth quarter. 10. Yeah, yeah. So, with that said, I have no idea how Taysom Hill is going to be able to put up points and keep this game within 3 against the Chiefs. I know the Saints defense is good. I get that. Totally understand that. Right. I just don't get how Taysom Hill is going to keep this game close.
0: You don't have to get it because it's going to happen. And this is it, man. We're we're already here. Like sound the alarms. Do I have an, a- you know uh, what? It's uh, it's that time of year. You know, we're going with the little mini orange instead of the apple as okay. the alert button that we still don't have because we don't have a production budget necessarily for this show. No Everybody on YouTube can see that. wee woo wee woo. This is it, man. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to happen either, to be completely honest with you, right? But isn't this like the perfect setup, right? The Saints lose to the Eagles. Ooh, mm-hmm. the Eagles. Like the Saints must stink, right? Kansas City. Oh, we're going to give them yet another pass, right? Every single week it's the exact same thing up 20 points that doesn't matter like they don't cover but we're still going to give them the pass on this right and it Mm -hmm. looks like you know it looks like there's you know obviously the first thing you do is go Kansas City minus three like I love it right but again Sportsbook's not giving money away here they're not you know they're not just going to lean into Kansas City the team that everybody loves betting on no matter what even though they haven't covered since like October at this Mm -hmm. point this is the sucker bet of the week, right? It just has to be because the Saints, you're right, are a good team. I don't know how Taysom Hill is necessarily going to do it, but listen, the Kansas City run defense at times when they're spaced out, the way that, you know, Sean Payton and Taysom Hill in that game can do this. And maybe, by the way, maybe Drew Brees ends up playing in this game. Like, he's now sort of designated to return, maybe not necessarily in this game, but even if it's just Taysom Hill, right? You're going to get a lot of Latavius Murray, you're going to get a lot of Alvin Kamara, and you get a lot of Taysom Hill just running it right up the middle, running it to the outside you know and that's how they're going to stay in this game and i can see you know listen there's signs of it with kansas city in the last you know listen five weeks where it's just for a quarter maybe even two they just don't have it and against a saints defense that is still pretty good here Mm -hmm. there's going to be a spot where like Patrick Mahomes is going three and out. And the commentators are gonna be like, you know, Patrick Mahomes and their Chiefs offense looks a little off here, right? And like the Saints have the secondary to be able to hang with Travis Kelsey and, Mm -hmm. you know, to stop Tyreek Hill from just getting wide open deep. And the thing that we're afraid of with Kansas City is that, right? Like it's always like Tyreek Hill, it's like just a three yard pass. And it's, that looks, you know, like a 70 yard pass because like, that's how easy it is for this offense. But like, is it going to be that easy? And are they going to have to actually manufacture some first downs here via the run game via sort of a more traditional offense here? And, you know, they're, they're not going to get the punt return touchdown necessarily that they got against Miami, right? The special teams, the, you know, pick sixes that they throw into the mix here every once in a while, that makes the score and makes that offense look a little scarier because you're looking at the board and going like, man, they're up 30 to 10. It's like, they really only had 23 points. They turned the ball over a bunch. It's just not as smooth right now for Kansas City as everybody sort of makes it feel like. And I actually think they're kind of ripe for an upset. And Mm. listen, the Saints got upset last week by the Eagles, which nobody was on, right? And so it's like the idea that they just couldn't win here doesn't really make any sense. Because again, the market's telling you at three or three and a half here, that this line is so short. And of course, the money line is relatively short for the Saints. So that even if you bet on the Saints to win this game outright, you're actually not even getting that great of value here. So I just take the three points, frankly, wait, right? Because you're going to get three and a half at some point. Take that three and a half, especially once we figure out what the deal is with the quarterback situation for the Saints. But this is it, man. This is the sucker bet of the week. Stay away from Kansas City. And it shouldn't be that sort of shocking or insane because they never cover. So like what other team gets this much credit in a betting marketplace when they just never cover, right? And kudos to Kansas City. But like, you know, we got dragged into it last week at 30 to 10. We felt decent about it. But Mm -hmm. no, I'm sorry. Like this is it. Saints are going to win this football game. (laughs)
1: Wow, wow. This is a this is great. I love I love everything about this and I feel like I'm gonna be the sucker. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Like, I, feel I like, didn't convince I, I you hear, there. I hear yeah, everything yeah. that you're saying. <laughs> I understand everything that you're saying. I yeah. get it. I really yeah, right. I, I honestly do. I'm definitely the sucker. I just don't I, I'm thinking about it and I, I understand they could pound the run and the, the Chiefs defense is trash and I understand all of that. I just can't do it. If Taysom Hill is starting, I just can't do it. But, <laughs> but can't do it. Won't do it. Yeah. I want winners. Anyways, we'll move <laughs> on though. We'll move on. <laughs> As we have the, this, this, what maybe some people thought could have been a battle for top spot in the AFC East, but not anymore. As the Patriots, right. who are the third place team at six and seven are heading to Miami at eight and five. And this is kind of like a little role reversal here. Normally you got the Pats heading to Miami and Miami is trying to spoil something for the Pats in terms of them trying to get into the playoffs or home field advantage or something, some, some seating implications we'll say, right? For sure. But instead we're looking at this the other way. Dolphins are two and a half point favorites and the Dolphins. Here's the thing, as I mentioned, a straight moral victory for them last week against the chiefs. Right? Yeah. I know we were talking about that last week, but really their offense is still continuing to struggle to me for the majority of the game. And I look at this and I think Belichick wait, we've been riding Belichick and jumping on and off the pats all year long. But the sure. one thing that holds true is Belichick is still always going to have something for young QBs, rookie right. QBs, who are struggling to read defenses Tua has struggled to read defenses so far this season. And belichicks I don't see how he's not just cooking something else up this week just to mess with it. And if you're giving me points, I, I'm, it's tough for me to not take the points here.
0: I think you're right, man. And I looked at this game right off the hop, and I'm like, I'm like okay, Miami, like, here we go. Like They got to be, what, five and a half point favorites, still like it, anything under a touchdown, then I open it up, it's three. And I'm like, huh. And it almost like checked me, right? It was almost like if it was was five and a half, like I would probably have already made a bet on the Dolphins. But because it's three, I had to stop and be like, okay, well, what is actually happening here, right? Like we just saw this. And the point is, is like, I get dragged into the recency bias too, right? Like everybody does, right? That's human nature. And so, you know, but you're right. Like it's, you go, okay, Belichick, extra time, You know, divisional opponent, opponent, rookie quarterback, and again, hasn't exactly been lighting it on fire, right? And Tua is an incredibly accurate quarterback. And like, I think he's going to have great success in this league because of that. Mm -hmm. I just don't, you know, like, again, the rookie quarterback element against Belichick, he's going to have something that's going to jam him up. Now we have to watch the, you know, the injury report, right? Mm -hmm. Mike Gasicki, has an injury, like he's to his guy when he gets Imagine. in trouble. The, you know, explosive play guys, JaKeen Grant and Devontae Parker went out of that game with injuries. Now it seems like they're going to be back at practice this week, but again, you never really know how all of this shakes down. Meanwhile, I just talked about how when I saw it at three, that sort of took me back. Guess what? It's moved off of three down towards the Patriots here at Two and a half, even even some two at some of the sharper books that I talked about, right with higher limits, right. So mm-hmm. you know, obviously, right, like the, the the sharp money is on the Patriots here, right? The public who is just fade the Patriots, fade the Patriots. But you and I talked about it all year, right? The lily pad theory with yeah. la- the least you expect you know of the Patriots boom that's when it comes up and when you just assume that the Patriots are going to win no matter what they almost never do with the exception (laughs) guess who's back Anthony Lynn in the conversation because that was the only time all year that it was like blatantly got to go with the Patriots here and they actually end up winning and so that was the only relatively predictable game so like the predictability here is in the unpredictable so I don't necessarily know what the Patriots are going to do to win this game other than just be the Patriots right they're going to run the Football a ton. By the way, Dolphins run defense, not very good at all, right? Mm -hmm. If the run if the Kansas City could run the ball any better, they would have closed out that 30 to 10 win, but they couldn't even do it. Patriots, completely different thing, right? Are the Dolphins going to be able to turn over the Patriots? Well, not if Cam Newton never throws the football, right? If he never drops back to potentially get fumbled, if he never throws the football and gets intercepted, if all they do is just run the ball here, and listen. There's a possibility here that the Patriots or a team in the Patriots situation here would just sort of phone in the rest of the season. That's just not really what the Patriots do. Now, maybe they end up turning to, you know, a different quarterback, for example, and then that becomes the issue for the Patriots down the stretch. But as long as they keep putting Cam Newton out there, they're going to be trying to win these games full throat, so to speak. And so, yeah, like you just kind of have to follow the number on this one and kind of just blindly go... Yeah, I think the Patriots probably actually win this game and spoil things for the Dolphins in the same way that the Dolphins have been spoiling things, like you mentioned, over the course of, listen, the last 10 years, right? The (laughs) Dolphins always steal games against the Patriots. It's time for a little sort of reverse weird payback. And don't think that Belichick, you know, doesn't know that, right? He experienced all of those fluky Dolphins wins. I think you're going to get the quote unquote fluky Patriots win here this week.
1: Let's go. Let's keep things moving here. We're both on the same side with the Pats. But will we be on the same side as Tampa Bay? I don't know. I don't know. You have the Bucs coming off just a weird win. If you actually watched that game last week against the Vikings, the Bucs are now favored by six points against the Falcons in Atlanta. Now, the Bucs are at eight and five. (laughs) There's part of me that thinks – with some of the calls the Patriots were getting last week, like, yeah. I don't know, calling pass interference on Hail Mary plays. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what, what are we doing here at, with the Bucks at eight and five here trying right. to battle for playoff position? I don't want to get too far into that, but I'll say this. They won last week in one of the least impressive ways, but only the real gamblers that were watching that game. And, or if you have Twitter to see the montage of Dan Bailey missing field goals, sure. right, yeah. <laughs> you know that but now you're playing against Matt Ryan and the Falcons who are a gong show and continue to be a gong show week after week. It's six points, which makes me just want to take the points because the bucks we talked about it last week was going to be the week that if they had it figured out, they were going to look really, really good and they didn't look really, really good. <laughs> so the six points oh. have me leaning towards the Falcons at home.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay, a couple of things. One, like, you know, maybe you've got kids out there and you've got yourself a swear jar, right? If they get, you know, oh, they slipped, they said a bad word, right? Throw money in the swear jar. You and I need a swear jar. But for when we call the Buccaneers the Patriots, just because they have Tom Brady, because you did it. You did it there did and you don't like, even realize you
1: did it Did I do it, it like yeah. three times?
0: <laughs> no, just once. It's funny because yeah. I, like I do the same, I do the same thing actually with Oakland and Las Vegas when it comes to the Raiders, right? But like, that's the NFL. Point of all of this is, right? Like the, the I almost did it. The Buccaneers get credit <laughs> for sort of being the Patriots because Tom Brady is around because they get these voodoo wins, right? And it depends on who you talk to. You and I on Monday, of course, we talk about Dan Bailey being the fluke reason why they didn't cover. But then you just mentioned, and a lot of people were sort of more mad about this than they were about the Dan Bailey stuff the pass interference stuff and it wasn't even just the Hail Mary there was a pass interference on Mike Evans where the, the Vikings player intercepted the pass and like Mike Evans just tripped over his own two feet which again yeah. if you're in fantasy and you've got Mike Evans again that's kind of been his entire season this point Sheldon's raising his hand right now <laughs> I wonder why he didn't make the semifinals. Um, and so you know it, Like the point is, is like, yeah, the Buccaneers here don't look that great. And just hang on one second. Wait. Yes, that's Anthony Lynn. He's back, right? Anthony Lynn, value maker. Here's a stat for you. Ready for this? We talked about how Anthony Lynn creates value in one way or another. How's this for a stat? And this is straight from Ken Barkley over at YouBetterYouBetOnRadio.com. on um, Follow him at Lockie Lockerson. Great follow for sports betting stuff. I want to cite people because I don't want to just steal their stuff because I know, yeah. you, know you and I have both had stuff stolen from us um, <laughs> that, that we do. Uh, and so he's had this stat. When a team plays Anthony Lynn the very next week when they're an underdog. So you play Anthony Lynn, right? You look like garbage because that's just what Anthony Lynn does. Not in like a Belichick way where he's gonna just beat you up and you're gonna lose 45 to nothing, though in some cases that's the case. And by the way, the Patriots fit this model. But when you play Anthony Lynn and the game just looks like a mess and Anthony Lynn has blown the game and so you don't even really get credit for the win when you get it. In this case, right, they didn't even win the game because Matt Ryan just kept throwing interceptions. The team the very next week when they're an underdog. So they're so they're not we're not thinking very highly of that team because they just played the Chargers and it looked really gross. Mm-hmm. As an underdog, they are 25 and 8 against the spread. <laughs> what? 25 and 8 because you look so bad when you play the Chargers. And even when you win, you do not get credit for it. Even when you're competitive, you do not get credit for it because, oh, sorry, it was against Anthony Lynn, no Anthony Lynn games actually matter in any way, shape or form. So yeah, like just that alone at a 25 <laughs> to eight trend, like I'm like, yeah, the Falcons for sure. And listen, the Falcons are incredibly frustrating here. But when you combine that trend with the idea here that the Bucks still have to be overrated, right? Like the yeah. people betting the Bucks last week have to just be like, man, life's really great. Like just things are happening for you, right? Like people on the street are just handing me money. Like, you know, what a great day to be alive because you're getting every single break imaginable. And maybe that ends up being the case again this week, but at six points, like the Saints at Atlanta were only three point favorites like two weeks ago. So what are the Buccaneers doing being six point favorites, six and a half, even in some scenarios, right? Over the course of this week. So yeah, like you have to take the Falcons to the degree with which you take the Falcons and the, you know, how high you put that on your sort of, do they make my top five, for example? Do they make my top nine, eight, you know, best bets of the week, you know, maybe like that's how sort of uncertain the whole thing is. Cause it is the Falcons. Like they lost to the chargers. Like you do have to acknowledge that like, that's how bad it got last week. But like from a market standpoint, like this does feel like another buy low sell high spot that we have to take advantage
1: of. I like it. I, I like it. Cause the, the thing with the bucks too, it's just their offense just doesn't still doesn't look that good. They still can't really run the ball. And it just, The Falcons, the other thing, too, when you're getting into these point spreads that are somewhere in and around a touchdown, meaning to cover, the team has to get more than a touchdown to to beat your bet. Yeah. I almost feel like if I'm taking the points, I want to be taking the points with a quarterback that is functional. It's hard to beat a functional QB by more than a touchdown point spread because they're always going to be in a position late in the game where they're driving down the field for whatever reason, padding stats, and getting a late TD. And if you have someone like Matt Ryan, if you have someone – do you know what I'm saying? Though, like, yeah,
0: no, I, I just I, and the and problem is right now is like I'm just not super sure that Matt Ryan's a functional quarterback, right? Like from a <laughs> like from a branding standpoint, like, yeah, because he's had the career that saying. he's had, right? But it's just like I go I like I, you know you yeah, watch know these games saying. and you're like, are we sure Matt Ryan's functional at this point? And you, you know like <laughs> uh, like ah like I that's <laughs> like it's it's tough for me to sort of you know I'm trying Basically, to de-
1: I'm saying not uh, like someone like. Flacco or Glennon or like Brandon
0: Allen, yeah, yeah. No, for you know sure. What I'm saying, man, I'm I saying like
1: it. those dudes, yeah, right? right? I'm saying someone who, and also like, is Julio involved in this at all? You know, when we could just throw it up. <laughs> Do you know what I'm right. saying? But either way, we both like the Falcons. Let's keep things rolling here as a battle of the six and seven teams in an NFC North showdown. <laughs> the Bears are in Minnesota. Minnesota are three point favorites. More importantly, Dan Bailey and the Vikings are favored by three points. And I really don't understand how I can take them to cover three points as long as Dan Bailey's still around.
0: So I swear to you, like, a half hour before we got on here, I had to look up Dan Bailey, like, Vikings, like, on Twitter because up until an hour before we started the show, I just assumed that he had been cut, Right, like I went into that game, like you go and you're like, it's the second quarter of the game. And you're like, okay, he's cut. And like, yes, he keeps, you know, Zimmer keeps walking him onto the field to keep missing field goals. But like, even before he kicks and attempts the field goal, I'm like, yes, but he's still cut. Like, it's like in the future, 12 hours from now, like he's cut, like he's kicking right now in this space and time, right? Like, but he is cut fundamentally from the team. And so it's like, that was just a thing that existed in my brain. And so I get up this morning and I'm like, but I haven't seen, I'm like, who did the Vikings replace Dan Bailey with? Cause I didn't see that at any point during the week. And then I'm like, wait a second, I'll look it up. And Dan Bailey is back. And so you're right. Like the, the, the spread here is literally a field goal, right? Like this can't, like you, you can't, can you? And so here's the problem though, right? Like people will tell you value on the Vikings here because the look ahead line was like six and we've all you know felt a certain way about the Vikings. But there's a couple of different reasons why I don't think that applies. And I cite that a fair amount, right? We talk all the time, we go, what's changed, right? But yeah. in this case, I think something has changed and a couple of different things. And obviously the Dan Bailey thing is sort of the headliner in all of this. And maybe that's what gets us on to the Bears here for a winning bet. But I think what really has to get us on to the Bears here is that offense is kind of okay slash decent the last couple of weeks right like Mm -hmm. Trubisky's back they're actually able to complete passes which like again we talk about every week how were we subjected to Nick Foles for as long as we were David Montgomery right breaking off big runs whether it was against Green Bay in a losing cause or last week to get the party started against Houston then we go okay well there was a matchup already with the Vikings in Chicago and I got a quick little stat for you here right we always talked with Chicago's defense Akeem Hicks being the difference maker right and he wasn't in there against Green Bay, and it was just ugly as all get out. And then last week, he's in there, and of course, they hold Houston to seven points. And so, we literally see a dividing line with him being in or him being out. And it was in that Monday night football game against the Vikings. So Dalvin cook ran for 39 yards on 19 carries, two yards per carry while Akeem Hicks was in that game and it was competitive. Mm. Right. And even though green Bay couldn't, or green Bay, Chicago couldn't score at all. Right. They get the quarter Patterson kick return touchdown and they're winning the game. And then all of a sudden, Akeem Hicks goes out of the game. Well, what happens after that Dalvin cook, all of a sudden 11, more carries, 57 yards, five and a half plus per carry in that situation you're like it's the same game right first half to second half and it wasn't because like the Bears defense was tired though that may have had something to do with it but it was because their big guy in the middle the best player on that defense at this point was out of that game well he was back last week and he's back for this week as well so you get a little bit better of a Bears off a way better Bears offense than you got in that first Vikings game but a little bit Bears better Bears offense overall this season and the good version right of the Bears defense with Akeem Hicks in that game going up against the Vikings defense that's still pretty bad and the offense that's still pretty turnover prone with a kicker that they're going to have zero faith in right like how are they running him out for a 47 yard field goal how are they doing that right he's got to be missing an extra point here at some point which is very important when we're talking about a plus three type of a spread there right because we want to get that number off the key number of three off the key number of seven so that there's a possibility that it lands, even with the Vikings winning by one or two. And obviously, most of the time that kind of happens when an extra point gets missed. And then finally, we talk about the Vikings home field advantage that like that's been glorified for this whole time, and that now they just walk out to silence and there is no, like that is the reverse home field advantage. Not only is there no home field advantage, to me, there's actually sort of a road advantage that you're going into Minnesota. And for this one year only, hopefully knock on wood, you're getting silence in Minnesota. Yeah. And how great must that be for Chicago? So you can go back and look what I know how good Chicago is in Minnesota. None of that matters this year. And that's sort of what may be missing here. And that's why this line isn't five and a half. This isn't six. All of those things have crept this line down to three. Now it's not going to go any lower than that, it may even go back up to three and a half at which point I will be definitely pouncing plus three and a half on Chicago in this game uh
1: yeah totally i I, I just can 't do it with Dan Bailey and it's funny you bring up uh Dan Bailey being cut yesterday. I was on the phone with uh, my boy Brandon who is. A listener to the pod, shouting, always shouting you out, really enjoying the pod in terms of the the picks this year and the education of gambling and taking things next level, right? The one thing he brought up to me, which I wasn't aware of about the kickers, is that if you want to bring in a kicker midweek just to try them out, because of all the COVID rules, you have to have that person in for like six days. So that means you'd have to remove someone off your – whatever the total number is of people that you have within your camp because everything's on lockdown because of COVID. So are you really going to risk that to try someone out who might not even be better than Dan Bailey? So that's kind of why you have the situation where you have all these crappy kickers that are still lingering around, we'll say, because it's just such a more difficult situation to bring in a new kicker, try (laughs) someone out, have right. them stick with your team and then
0: but they should have a guy on the practice squad right and that's a fundamental should. problem within the organization where again we talk about sure. all these different coaches and we'll get to a couple of more here but like different guys screwing things up in different ways and we're going to enjoy mm-hmm. the anthony lynn screwing it up on the field and he's screwing it up in you know uh, you know game planning he's screwing it up in a t- all of the different ways right which is like why that's so funny but like even the best coaches in the game and i think a lot of people sort of consider mike zimmer a top 10 coach part of that is kind of by default because there's about 22 complete (laughs) morons but um you know it's like these are the things that fall through the cracks right and again it wasn't just last week that he screwed it up we talked about it on monday right it was the week before that and frankly listen they traded a fifth round pick two years ago or two summers ago essentially to the jets to bring in a guy that the Jets had uh, that was on their practice squad or was just sort of on their roster. Right. And then they cut that guy to keep Dan Bailey. So one, they knew that Dan Bailey was a problem to the tune where they would give up draft equity for a kicker, right. A a position that people don't even draft in the draft. That's how much they knew that Dan Bailey sucks. And they did it two years ago. And then they compounded that by being like, Oh, well, the kicker that we, that we, I was going to say drafted, but that we traded the draft pick for, He's not good enough to beat Dan Bailey. So they screwed that up too. And now they're still screwing this up, right? Over and over and over again. And you want me to lay points, a field goal, a literal field it. goal with this team? Can't do it. Can't, Can't do, it. do it.
1: I'm in my Niners hat today. Can't do it. Can't, Can't do, do it. it. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling here. I want here. kickers.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> nine and four Colts. The Colts at nine and four are seven point favorites against... Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Texans are at four and nine, but I'm scared again of taking teams to cover more than a touchdown against anyone that isn't the Jets or Bengals. I'm tempted yeah. here, very tempted here, but I'm still leaning towards taking the points again. Deshaun Watson is a capable QB, and that's right. I know he has no weapons. I know they're struggling on offense. I get that, but I'm still emotionally scarred from last week's <laughs> last right. week's pod. And if I'm going to lose games because I took the points at at a team meeting to win by over a touchdown, I'm okay with that. This might be one of those weeks.
0: Yeah. And so, and so, you know, fundamentally, yes, like that's terrifying. Like I completely understand that. And doesn't seven feel a little bit high for a game that, you know, Houston should have won a couple of weeks ago, right? Like that's how we sort of picture all of what's happening here necessarily. Right. But I want to give, and this is going to apply to a few games here. So bear with me, but, Mm-hmm. you know I talked at the start of the show right it's it's, it's final exam time right yeah. and you and I it's long since since been passed that we had to deal with finals in college university even in high school right but you know maybe you have that nightmare right like, you, that you miss the exam or the, right like you didn't go to any classes I have that one where I didn't go to any classes and then all of a sudden oh. I go to the final exam right so remember when you were doing final exams and you know you'd have the study break right and uh, for me, like I'm an analytical type person, if you hadn't sort of figured that out at this point. But like, I would want to know, okay, like, you know, what is this worth? What is this exam worth? Because if it's only worth 15%, that's one thing. But it's, if it's worth 50%, then we got to really, really study hard right? At this point in the NFL season, the teams that are involved in the playoffs are studying hard for a 50% worth exam, where like, it's literally going to change. If you're, if you get a 90 on this exam, you've been getting a 70 the entire season long here, you're now averaging an 80, that's an A, like, that's what your grade is for the season. But if this is only a 15 percenter here, right, if you get 60% on the exam, Mm. like, that's not all that different than if you get 80, right? That's going to change your grade from, you know, a 72 to a 75, right? Like it's not that big of a deal. And so our teams like Houston Now that they're out of the playoffs, which they weren't technically out of the playoffs the first time that they played the Colts, are they studying as if it's a 50% worth exam? Or are they studying, so to speak, like it's a 15% worth exam? To me, whether it's them, whether it's the Detroit Lions here coming up, whether it's even the Jacksonville Jaguars, are they, for the last three weeks here, who are the teams that are studying up? like it's a really important exam. And the Colts are one of those teams, right? Whereas like, I don't think the Texans are. So this isn't a matter of, is this team tanking? Has this team quit? Because listen, even if it's, you know, even if you're looking at this exam, you're going, okay, this is worth 50. I got to really study for this. I got to spend four of the seven days that I have to study on that. This one's worth 15. I really only have to study for like a day here. I kind of already know most of what's going on there. But even if I like, kill this exam. Listen, I'm not going to get 100% on it. So it's not going to make that much of a difference. You know, do I even really need to study? So but the thing is, if you go into that exam, and you're sitting there for an hour and a half, two hours, you're still trying to get all the questions right right? Like, you're not just, like, waving the pencil around and, like, hitting B or hitting C and then, like, walking out of there in 10 minutes. You're still like, you know what? The kid next to me's trying. I'm going to try. Like, I want to still beat him, even though I'm not really all that prepared for it. Like, we're here. It's go time. The adrenaline's running. I'm going to start, you know, working on my Scantron sheet, old school reference, um, you know, to, to really, really try hard. So, when Houston gets on the field, they are going to try hard here because it's not a quit situation. It's just... Have they been preparing the way that the Colts have? And I don't really think that they have. How could they? So when you talk about like, is this spread too big? Like there's a very real possibility the Colts blow them out because the Texans here have just kind of phoned in the rest of the season. As far as studying is concerned, they're going to run hard out there. I promise you they're going to do that, but it just might not be good enough. And it certainly wasn't good enough against the Bears last week. And from a backdoor standpoint, right? What's the difference between the Colts and the Packers and the Chiefs? the defense, right? Like you're not guaranteed to get that backdoor touchdown the same way that you are against the Packers or the chiefs, right? Like that's not necessarily how that fully healthy Colts defense rolls. So for me, I think you just have to sort of suck it up here and actually take the Colts minus seven. Cause this okay. kind of feels like a blowout that maybe we shouldn't see coming, but I kind of do.
1: I like that. I like how you just explained all that. And it makes me think of you alluded to it earlier talking about, uh, the NBA and watching Barkley and company. And one of the funny things that they do is one, two, three Cancun. Like certain yeah. teams are just in that mode where it's like, yeah, they're still coming out and playing, but they're making sure. their travel plans for what's about to go down. Cause the season, their season's over and they're still trying. They're still out here right. playing. And if they win, cool but
0: yeah, you know, I mean, basketball, I a little different, it. right? Because like, if you're, you can know, try, I but know. like people try offensively, but then they have to go and play defense. Yeah. And they're like, I yeah, I don't you, really feel me, like I playing know,
1: defense. I know. You know what I mean? I got you. What you're, I got what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I like it. I like it. Plug your nose, take the seven points. If you're the Colts to take the Colts to win by seven. I got you. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I'm interested and not just because I'm wearing the Niners hat, but because, This is an interesting game from a gambling line perspective. Five and eight Niners heading to Dallas against a four and nine Cowboys. Cowboys are three-point home underdogs. We were all over. You were all over the Cowboys last week against the Bengals. And, I mean, I was on the Niners last week against Washington. One of those things didn't go too well, and it was a team that I'm – kind of still sporting their colors here. But overall, the Cowboys are getting three points here, and I like their offense in terms of being able to move the ball with their playmakers. Are are they still a lights-out offense? You know, it's Andy Dalton, so there's still limitations. But they can move the ball, unlike Washington could, against the Niners last week. Mullins was just out here giving away points. And I don't know, you know, at best, I guess – Shanahan might limit him even more but then now you're talking about still you don't have the playmakers you're not putting the ball in your playmakers hands as much you're just going to run the ball and be very simplistic on offense. If you're telling me I can get three points with the Cowboys chances are I'm going to lean and take three points with the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, don't get me wrong, right? There's stuff to not like about both of these teams, and as much as we were Correct. all about the Cowboys last week, a lot of that was because the Bengals are absolute garbage, right? True. And so, and, and that's what that's how it sort of played out, and mm-hmm. it's a little bit concerning if you're, you know, the Cowboys, because to be honest with you, our little secret here the Cowboys were not very good in that game, right? They forced a couple of fumbles early on to quote unquote gain momentum, but really more just gain scoreboard leverage, right? Where they will get 10 points just off of Cincinnati dropping the football. Right. Mm-hmm. I, don't, you know, I don't think you're necessarily going to get that from San Francisco this week. Right. Maybe Nick Mullins throws you the football. But I think a lot of that has <laughs> to do with the Washington defense last week. Right. Like, Front yes, line. Nick Mullins was giving it away. But in a lot of cases, Washington was taking it away. Right. Like yeah. the Cowboys have certainly been victim to that this season as well so you know are the cowboys going to do anything defensively to take the ball away from nick mullins especially when their run defense is an atrocity as well and of course cincinnati was never going to be able to take advantage of that And we talked about that as part of the handicap because listen you watch the cowboys against the ravens and in the fourth quarter they just wanted to stop getting punched in the face by the ravens running games sure. so the answer to sort of that is you know, the Bengals come to town, or at least they go to the Bengals town and like, there's no punching, right? Like it was like, we'll just take the ball. We'll run it down the other side of the field. That's great. San Francisco can, from a sort of theoretical standpoint, punch it in the face here with the run game. So mm-hmm. does that sort of make it look a lot more like the Baltimore game? for the Cowboys Uh, defense, right? Like that's what I would be concerned about, right? And so from from San Francisco offense though, like Debo, where's Debo, right? There's no Debo this week. So that's one of the guys who's going to punch you in the face. And so they're missing him. So I'm a little bit concerned from the San Francisco side. So you can sort of see where I'm going with this.
1: Yeah, I was going to say like, is it almost a, a blessing for the Niners in the sense that, you know, you won't need to do as much Nick Mullins, right? Other than exactly. just hand off the For ball. For sure. I see what
0: you Yeah, said. absolutely. Yeah. Like if they just do the thing that like, that the Ravens did against the Cowboys, then yes, they can win this game. And yeah, I looked at the line and I was a little bit curious about it too. Cause to me, it felt like pick them. Like, how is this game yeah. not like throw your you know shoulders up and be like, well, you know- uh, Uh, I don't know who and so like it does feel like Dallas is you know you're getting value here at plus three with Dallas but you know again we're basing it off of Cincinnati and a game that looked scoreboard wise because nobody watched that game except for me like the 30 to (laughs) 7 game and it's like oh they smoked him well Cincinnati had the ball for 38 of those 60 minutes right and it's just because Brandon Allen is an absolute atrocity they have no weapons like i was disappointed with the cowboys offense there as well because they weren't marching it up and down and dominating the time of possession and all of those things that you're sort of hoping to see with a team like the cowboys and a quarterback like andy dalton like it wasn't you know as explosive in any way shape or form but certainly as explosive as we'd hoped and again different matchup right san francisco's defense I'd like to think that they show up for this game. I am a little bit concerned, right, about this. This is another study game, right? At you know, this point, is San Francisco studying because the exam is worth 50% or are they studying because the exam is worth 15% and they just want to go home to their families for Christmas, right? But
1: and Sherman's so- already talking about how he won't be back next year
0: yeah and it's just like i don't really want to be laying points with san francisco here but again it's such a short number with the cowboys like i wasn't impressed with the cowboys against the Bengals. i thank them for the win in the cover that helped a lot on a day like last sunday Um, but you know this isn't i'm not going to get trapped into the cowboys here just because we had success with them last week i i think this is probably just a stay away for for this game
1: stay away or the niners stay away or the niners i like it i like it i like it a lot I still don't really like the four, eight, and one Philadelphia Eagles, but I like them a lot more with Jalen Hurts because he's not Carson Wentz. And as they head to Arizona, who are seven and six. Now, (laughs) I wrote here and I totally forgot that I wrote this. (laughs) As I read it, I started laughing. I'm like a fiend, and the Eagles' points are my drug. (laughs) Six and a Uh half points. (laughs) <laughs> and if, you, if, if you've if you been listening to the podcast for weeks and weeks and weeks, yeah. you know that's a very true statement. Here we it's are. True. Six and a half points. Hertz is in Wentz. I'm not uh, thrown off by the cards beating the Giants against a banged up Danny Dimes. So right. six and a half points. Cool. I'm, I'm totally cool to take the six and a half points here.
0: Yeah, I think this line's too high. But again, like I always do when it's, the, when it's the Cardinals, right? Like if you're the drug fiend on the Eagles, and listen, I'm right there with you wondering if you've got a little extra for me. But like, <laughs> I'm the guy like fading the Cardinals and it's been very lucrative up until this point until last week when Daniel Jones gets hung out to dry. We'll get to that in a second. Um, and so like, yeah, you're right. Like, what am, I, what am I impressed by, right? Like that game should have been 60 to seven and not, you know, 30 to seven or whatever it was. And so I'm still fine fading the Cardinals here right like we've got you know and again we were we had it man like we had this with the eagles right and like just because yeah we got beaten down by carson wentz over and over and over again and sometimes we got bailed out and all of that sort of thing right but like it was just like yeah a salient sane quarterback here that doesn't make crazy mistakes that's all this team needs to be competitive now I'm not looking for them to cover you know as a favorite or do anything wild like win on the road like let's just you know pump the brakes here but six six and a half points against a Cardinals team that we're already pretty into fading that isn't going to have any sort of success running the football against the Eagles like yeah I'll take the points on this one why wouldn't I like let's keep the Cardinals fade going here if they impress me this week then like, again, maybe we'll reevaluate it. Kyler Murray was able to run a little bit more last week. So maybe the health of Kyler Murray isn't really a big thing. And that's the thing that we were sort of talking about, right? Are they just bad or is Kyler Murray hurt? I still think they're just kind of bad. And Kyler Murray may be healthy. And it's still, I think, way too many points for the Cardinals here. Give me the Eagles.
1: I like it on the Eagles as well. And we're talking about health at the quarterbacking position. The Washington football team. I mean, I don't like Alex Smith, but I really don't like backing Dwayne Haskins either. And so I don't know if Dwayne Haskins is going to be involved in this game, but he could be as Washington is hosting the Seahawks, who are five and a half point favorites. Seahawks come in at nine and four. Obviously, Russ was everything was looking great as they got their swagger back against the Jets last week. But I mean... Most teams in the league do look good against the Jets. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what a great performance for the Jets the week after firing their defensive coordinator, right? Sure. So <laughs> great look by the Jets. But in terms of the Seahawks, five and a half points. This is a Vegas zone line, and I really don't get it. I don't know, but is it is the line at five and a half because we don't know who the QB is for Washington?
0: It's funny, right? Like, yeah. Maybe, but like normally, I I don't understand how this is even on the board, unless it's definitely Alex Smith, because there is a massive downgrade from Alex Smith to Dwayne Haskins, like this line has to be over seven, if Dwayne Haskins is involved, right? And I don't know that it's even high enough with Alex Smith. Right. Like this feels like that game that sort of like it's an afterthought game, right? Like nobody's really Hmm. signing up to watch this game. It's probably the sixth or seventh most interesting game at one o'clock. And then you sort of see, oh yeah, Seahawks up 31 to 10. And okay, right? Like the books don't close down because Seattle won, you know, and covered the point spread, because it wasn't this like featured game where everybody wanted to bet on it because the spread is so janky that it's like, yeah, why would I really want to bet on this game? And then you're gonna be sitting back and going, like, you know. I really should have just taken the Seahawks minus the points. Like what would stop me from doing that? Because like, yeah, are the, are the Washington football team going to get the freebies that like Nick Mullins was handing out, you know, Christmas spirit? Like, yeah. I don't think Russell Wilson's gonna be handing out those freebies, right? And no. so I don't, obviously I don't love this game. Like if you can, you can no. clearly tell here, but like I am a little bit surprised or at least it's indicative to me that Alex Smith is going to be in there, but a hobbled Alex Smith, even at the best of times, You know, even for him, like, it's not great. So hobbled Alex Smith, I think, is probably some value here on Seattle, even as this road favorite, right? But Seattle, very good road team against the spread, right? People don't realize that because they just assume that they're great at home against the spread. They're not, right? Covered that crazy number easily last week. But again, and it should be mentioned since it's Thursday, right? Like you said, everybody looks good against the Jets, except the Raiders, so if you want again if you want to lay points with the Raiders on Thursday night just remember they were the one team to not look great against the
1: Jets. It's a valid point. It's a valid point. <laughs> a great great point. And a great reminder before you hit take bet. <laughs> yeah, submit. Before you click that button, just remember that. Um another game here though Nine and four Browns speaking of moral victories, or I guess, no, not even a moral victory for the Browns. The Browns just like let, let their fan base down, suck their fan base in to getting all hyped up for a matchup and then just disappoint in such a drastic way on Monday night against the Ravens. Uh, Now they find themselves traveling to New York as four point favorites against the giants. Right. I should take the Browns here. I really should. They looked solid. The difference in the game was probably the Baker pick six. Like, if I'm doing a simplistic look back, you know what I'm saying? Uh, The late safety for no good reason, which we discussed off the front end of the podcast. The Giants' defense, I still think, is really, really good. Danny Dimes probably shouldn't have been playing in last week's game. I still think the Giants are decent i don't want to say they're good because i don't know if any of these nfc east teams are really really good but i still think that if they get just a competent performance from their qb their defense is good enough to cover this four points
0: right yeah i mean okay a couple of different things yeah so i mean we talked about like mike zimmer blowing the whole kicking situation, right? And it's like, yes, you might have a good game plan. You might be able to coach the team up, but like fundamentally that's your mistake, right? Joe Judge might be able to get the team to play super, super hard for him. Maybe he's got a decent plan, you know, da, 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 da. But like putting Daniel Jones out there compromised with a, yeah, yeah. With a pulled hamstring is again, in normal parlance, a fireable offense, right? He's not going yeah. to be fired and everybody's like still pretty happy with him and blah, 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 blah. But like, that's terrible, like, that is legitimately terrible, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, maybe that move in general, though, from a betting standpoint, has sort of thrown us off the scent here, potentially, in that now you got Cleveland, right? Like, by the way, and it's worth mentioning, they didn't win the game, right? This is just like the Raiders against the Chiefs yeah. a few weeks ago, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. by the way, guys, they didn't win the actual game. Like, they're going to get a ton of credit. Like, nobody gave them any credit going into that game, right? Like, the line moves from pick all the way to three. Pretty big move. And of course it ends up working out for all the Baltimore betters, but I think they would agree that they got lucky there. And so like, yeah, you're still getting all this kind of credit and you're like, yeah, but they didn't win the game. And by the way, the defense was horrendous, horrendous, right. For both teams, but like Cleveland, you know, especially. And so you're getting that short week, You know, going on the road, going against a team that tries really hard, that has had success against good-ish teams this Mm -hmm. year, right? Seattle, obviously, Tampa Bay. And I would prefer to see Colt McCoy in because if we get Daniel Jones, I'm not going to know – whether they're just throwing him out there to get slaughtered again, or whether they're actually saving him from himself because he's trying to be the tough guy, right? He's trying to do it for his team, but he doesn't realize because Joe judge is clued out that he's not helping the team. He's hurting the team. And Colt McCoy is the guy that we want to be backing here. So Sunday night football game, right? Flexed in, by the way, like Browns giants got flexed in that 49ers Cowboys (laughs) game got flexed out. Imagine this world that we're living in 2020, Yeah, So I'm going to be on the Giants in some form or fashion, but I'm going to need Colt McCoy to be the starting quarterback for this game. And you talk about, you know, it's funny, you talk moral victories, right? And if this was five years ago and we still weren't allowed in mainstream media to talk about point spreads, or of course, like here in Canada... 2020, when we're still not talking about games being covered or whatever. The code word should really be moral victory, right? Like yeah. you, we should be calling covers as underdogs moral victories as that secret code. So um I kind of like that as an idea, but problem is it's 2020 now. We can talk about this openly. We don't have to hide the fact that the Browns didn't cover on a fluke play last week. Um, so yeah, like I mean, yeah. I like the Giants here as well, but I'm gonna need like a full bill of health. Like I'm gonna have to talk to the doctor myself. (laughs) Um, about daniel jones to make sure that he's okay or colt mccoy maybe we get a little bit more value too right if colt mccoy is announced as the quarterback you know the starting quarterback maybe this goes up to like six and we get a full six on the giants i think that's a great idea because i think a lot of people coming in here on the browns getting all excited about that game but like let's just temper it a little bit here because they didn't win the game right It's, it's it's you know dial it down
1: yeah Totally agree. Totally agree. And, and let's kind of wrap things up here with yeah. what we're calling our quick reads or hot reads or whatever. Hot There's route. a bunch of double digit spreads here. So hot just route. quickly here, <laughs> hot routes. Oh, okay. Okay. And a couple double digit spreads here. And I kind of want you to tell me why I shouldn't take okay. the points here on these double digit spreads. So we have the lions as 10 and a half point dogs in Tennessee against the Titans. Yeah. I think the Titans blew out the Jags, but I feel like Matt Stafford kind of lives for these games. If Matt Stafford was going to play, right? but he's banged up. So yeah. we're talking about chase Daniels. I'm not sure exactly. that I'm on those vibes here. Exactly. For the 10 and a half points. So
0: this one it's leadership. Right, yeah. the the handicap in this game is leadership, and so Matt Stafford is not going to play in this game. We just talked about the Alex Smith Washington situation. Like, why is there a line? Uh, you know, Matt Stafford. How many times have we come on this show every Thursday and be like, no line for the Lions game because we're not sure if Matt Stafford plays? <laughs> right, like it matters whether Matt Stafford plays and whether totally. he doesn't. Right, and then all of a sudden this week it's like. Throwing a line up there, 10 and a half, that's the line. We don't have to worry about whether Matt Stafford's going to play or not because he's not, right? Like this line would be seven and a half if he was playing, right? So we know, here we go, it's Chase Daniel. So when I talk about leadership, like when we're studying, right, the 50% or the 15%, Are we really studying hard for this game if you're the Lions? Well, you might be if Matt Stafford's playing because Matt Stafford's the leader of that team, right? He's going to get people to at least try. That's why he ends up backdooring all of these games because he cares, right? He doesn't know any better, right? Like he's been on this garbage Lions franchise all his life. He thinks this is how it's supposed to go, right? He's not there. So who's accountable, right? Kenny Galladay, we know, is not going to play like what a smoke and mirrors scene that's been all season long like who knows like DeAndre Swift still potentially like who knows if he's got headaches again right so again like where's the leadership right because there isn't any leadership on the defensive side that defense is atrocious so we know right are we we're going to get the same effort that we got out of the Jags last week in trying to tackle Derrick Henry so if you want to sit there and be like I got 10 and a half points with the Lions and then just watch Derrick Henry just pushing people around like they're four-year-olds like go for it but like that's not where I'm landing on this game at all i think this is blowout city because from an offensive standpoint here like the lions aren't going to be able to keep up because there's no leadership it's not in the coach coach has been fired long ago and daryl bevel is the guy that's left and so like no thank you for this one at all when it comes to the underdog i'll be on the titans here and if we can get this thing somehow to minus 10 i'd be all about that too
1: Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Next hot read. We got the Ravens who I'm pretty sure are my survivor pick here, but the Ravens are hosting the Jags. Jags are 13 point underdogs. Now Gardner Minshew is back. If I'm not mistaken, yep. and he's obviously playing for his job. They're going to be spicy trying to make plays, but I mean, can Gardner cover 13 points here?
0: well and that's again leadership right and like yes and I don't necessarily love Gardner Minshew but like like leadership aka spiciness right like that's Mm -hmm. sort of kind of what the deal is here like they equate to the same thing so if Gardner Minshew's out there trying to be spicy and like getting people going like there's certainly Mm -hmm. enough talent offensively on the Jags as crazy as that might sound to be Mm -hmm. able to score points against the Ravens defense who are sneaky not very good at this point so when you go like what do we know that maybe the market doesn't give necessarily full credit to it's that the Jags' offense can probably score against the Ravens defense problem is we just watched the Jags want nothing to do with getting punched in the face by Derrick Henry and the Ravens are the punch in the face run game right and so we're going to be sitting there going like three-headed monster of just dudes Drilling dudes on the Jags out there, and it's like, do I really want to be involved in that one? So, I'm. It's definitely not Baltimore minus thirteen. Definitely, definitely, definitely not. Right? If this somehow gets to fourteen, then I make a bet on the Jags. But right now, I mean, it's Jags or nothing with a lean to nothing. But again, if we get a little bit more Jags value, then it certainly becomes Jags.
1: I like it. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Uh, the Rams are hosting everyone's favorite football team the jets the jets are 17 point underdogs in this game and i know it's tough to take the jets but i'm looking at like 17 points is a lot of points like i sat here with you on this podcast when the jets were 19 and a half point underdogs to the chiefs yeah the chiefs and i said i gotta take the jets here no yeah and that was yeah and, and even still, seven, at, at 19 and a half, the Chiefs were going for it on fourth downs. They were like trying to cover that spread. And they did, yep. but like they made an effort to try yes. to do that. I don't yeah. know if the Rams are gonna have that same type of vibe. And 17 <laughs> points <laughs> right. is a lot of points. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, man. And listen, it's 17, 17 and a half. And I'm gonna say something that <laughs> sounds a little crazy here. I think you need plus 18 like it, like, it matters. Like, it matters that to get, like, if this line gets to 18, like, that's what we need to do to bet the Jets. And, and, and stay with me on this. Because for, for all the Jets, like, just tomfoolery shenanigans yeah. and nonsense, they always seem to score first with a field okay. goal right like it's it's if like Adam Gase the one thing that he's okay at doing is scripting the plays the 15 plays to start the game where they get just into field goal range and they can kick a field goal now last week they had Sergio Castillo a guy who's just been a nightmare for us when we've tried to back the Jets occasionally this season he goes and he misses three field goals in the first half now hilarious that the the Jets thought they were going to compete just by kicking field goals over and over and over again but if that's your mentality and 12 points is good enough for you like okay we can roll with that if we're getting a ton of points but the reason i say we need 18 is because if they get three right if they get the same three points that they got last week the same three points that they got two weeks ago against the dolphins both in the first quarter both as the first score then the rams have to score three touchdowns to get to 21 to three, assuming the Jets never score again, which at this point is actually a decent (laughs) assumption. Like the Rams then score three touchdowns to get to 21 to three. Now the Rams offense, like sometimes it's, you know, it can be explosive, but it's not the most explosive offense that we've ever seen in our entire lives. And like Sean McVay for all of the sort of credit that he gets, he's still a pretty conservative coach. Like we saw Mm -hmm. it in the second half against the Patriots. He's like, we're not going to lose this game we're going to take the ball out of Jared Goff's hands. Like, that's the only way that we screw this up. And if that's your mentality, then uh, a 18-point lead is, you know, good enough for the Rams. And then it just turns into, like, we're just going to hand the ball off. We're going to give it back to Sam Darnold and see what Sam Darnold can do with it. And the answer to that is not very much. And then they just win the game 21-3. to Maybe they win it 24-10, to like something along those lines, right? Like, I don't see them throwing up here like a 28 or 31 point game here unless they have to. And of course, if they have to, that means the Jets have actually scored more than three points. So by the way, Sergio Castillo gone, right? Actually got cut. Look at this. Imagine an NFL team being prepared enough to have options at kicker, right? So their starting kicker from the season here, Sam Ficken, he's back. Now, of course that's different than just, you know, uh, bringing some COVID guy off the street here who might be infecting the entire team, right? I'm surprised that hasn't happened with the Ravens yet. And so, like, maybe a couple of these field goals actually go in, right? In the same way that they did against the Chiefs, right? You'll remember that they actually drove the, it down in the first half a bunch of different times, again, like they did against the Seahawks, and they kicked a bunch of field goals. So keep kicking those field goals, Adam Gase, because, like, I don't love it when you're a seven point underdog, but when you're an 18, and 18's the key number here, if you're an 18 point <laughs> underdog, more power to you, man. Kick away. Like, get your nine <laughs> points, and let's get out of here with a 27 to 9 ish type of a game here
1: under no circumstances. Am I ever taking a Jared Goff team at minus 17? <laughs> well, yes, exactly. Right. Like I Great can't point. do that. Yeah. Can't do it. Can't do it. No, because the yeah, yeah, the game
0: motivation game. to the motivation to spread that, that lead out just isn't there. Cause like, why, For would,
1: sure. you? why totally. would you? That? That's hard to do. It's yeah. hard to do when you're predicting it. Not saying that they can't (laughs) blow them out and win by 25. Of course, Sam Darnold could throw three pick sixes, right? And then Jared Goff never has to even touch the ball. Like, that's very possible. Totally true. Um, We wrap things up here with the Steelers, who are 13 and a half point favorites against the Bengals, who are, their record just looks so great. Two, 10 and one (laughs) Cincinnati Bengals. And I mean, as long as it's still under two touchdowns, I know the Steelers offense has not looked good at all, but it's the Bengals. And if there was ever a week to kind of a feel-good game that the Steelers might need in the worst way, sure, they can win by two touchdowns against the Bengals. The Bengals can't score. Yeah,
0: this – this has get right written all over. And you're right. How did the Bengals score, right? Because they scored against the Dolphins on a five-yard pass that was like turned up the sideline and just nobody on the Dolphins seemed to notice. And they scored a 72-yard touchdown in that game, right? They scored seven points against the Cowboys defense. And I promise you, it's not because the Cowboys defense is all of a sudden like a top five level defense. We know who is a top five level defense, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So like I'm kind of starting at like Bengals score zero points in this game. And then like, what do we need? So, okay, maybe we we're not saying that it's going to be a shutout, but like maybe a touchdown shutout as in like they get two field goals. So Mm -hmm. I would say the Bengals score six points in this game. Like that's my expectation. And then I have to decide like what's Pittsburgh capable of offensively. Well, if they're capable of getting, 20, right? Two touchdowns. And maybe one of those is a defensive touchdown. And two field goals. And maybe one of those is a defensive play that, like, results in them getting into field goal range here. I think this is a get-right spot for the Steelers. I think there's going to be a ton of landmines on Sunday and even Saturday that we're, you know, the sports books are going to be just fine with a Steelers absolute beatdown on Monday night where it's just one of those terrible games, like, it's Christmas time, and you're just like, okay, I guess I have to hang out with my family here for the second half because, Like this just is an ugly game to watch, and why bother here? Uh, it's twelve and a half right now at bet three sixty five, right? So a lot, so a, you know, relatively sharp book. I think that's the number, right? Minus twelve and a half is the number you want to get here, because again, even if the Bengals don't score, we're talking touchdown and two field goals for the Steelers' totally soured offense. Which, by the way. A soured offense might be good enough against this terrible Bengals defense, right? And so, yeah, like this is one where I actually like the big spread favorite a ton here because you're getting a hungry angry Steelers team that by the way already beat the brakes off of this Bengals team with Joe Burrow earlier on in the season the fact that it's a home game versus a road game doesn't matter we saw that last week with Cincinnati getting trucked by Dallas like how high can you make this spread for a team as sort of that looks as bad right now as the Steelers do so I get why it's 12 and a half but like, again, I don't think people are realizing how terrible Cincinnati is at this point in time. Take the Steelers here and have a really jolly Christmas as, <laughs> as the last game before the holiday.
1: I like it. I like it a lot. And that's basically, that's a full sched this week. Yeah. We got you covered here on the full sched And another great week. Hopefully, we'll get back to the winning ways. We'll get the record. I think I'm at my record overall two games below 500. I'm at 100, 102 and six on the season. So we'll get back on the plus side this week for sure. That is a goal, but Mr. Russell, where can people find you to get your picks, but also to track you down on the window podcast as you're giving out your, your a one picks (laughs) Your go-to picks for the rest of the week as we head into a big Sunday for you in terms of Circa circa Survivor Picks, Circa Millions in English, if I can (laughs) speak, which I'm struggling to speak at the end of the podcast well okay so
0: like Circa survivor you mentioned right and like we would still be alive you and i if it wasn't for that stupid thanksgiving thing right so you know spoiler alert uh you know because i like you guys and I like everybody out there um tennessee is actually was in the plan for that circa contest thing so tennessee is our survivor pick this week just so you know we got a little bit lucky here with the matt stafford injury so probably worth mentioning there um as for the window sports betting podcast for those of you watching on youtube that's what it looks like right there wild wild week and so a lot of people you know obviously realize that cleveland plus three was the bad beat from monday i had a far crazier bad beat with regards to the prop market 125 to one bet that i had that lost on a scoring technicality in that lateral fumbled type of a play right and so you know complete craziness would take way too long to discuss that on this podcast but go to at authentic on Twitter you can sort of get the vibe generally from there and I talked about it earlier on this week on the podcast so kind of worth tuning backwards uh, on Tuesday's show to sort of get the lowdown on that, just a quick different uh, different podcast from normal. As you know, we don't necessarily love to lament these bad beats because, you know, who wants to hear a bad beat story? But this one took a whole new life of its own where it was picked up on v on a numbers game with Gil Alexander. He was talking about it, um, reading, you know, my tweets and all of that sort of thing from Monday yeah. night. So complete chaos across the board. Uh, Friday is our big NFL handicapping show where we basically have five to 10 minutes on on each and every game and then sunday is where you get the best bets of the week the five circa million picks 41 28 and one again talked about it still good for tied for 82nd a half point out of the top 50 and one point out of some legitimate money uh, in that contest. So that's what we're dealing with here with fifteen more games left with three weeks to go here. So come check that out. We break down all of that stuff, prop bets, uh, you know, as well on uh, on the Sunday show. Um, and basically just sort of the most up to date that we can possibly be in this crazy week. Cause sometimes I come on the show and we talk about these games and I'm on the fence about this or that. And then by the time I talk it out on Friday, I start to feel a little bit better. And then on Mm -hmm. Saturday, I'm making my sort of top five selections for the million contest. So when Sunday rolls around, it's like, okay, these are what you need to follow if you want to follow strictly my bets. That being said, I know people do what they want to do, right? So that's what the Friday show is for. So you get at least my take before you do what you want to do in the same way that we talk about it here where I tell you things like Saints plus three and you still take Kansas City minus three because we're all going to do what we're going to do. But that's what's fun about sports betting because then we get to talk about it the next week.
1: Totally. And it's so much fun. It is so much fun. Despite, like, even, it's funny, right? As Sunday night, and I guess, again, on Monday night, sitting there watching and just getting so frustrated because the the picks were good to start Sunday, and then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And you're sitting there being like, this sucks. And, but as much as you're thinking this sucks, in this moment right now on Thursday, <laughs> after recording this, and you're going back in with a clean slate... This is why the NFL wins. Yep. Because they get us right back in the they following give you... week. And we're all suckers. <laughs> they give, right? Yeah, they
0: give you just enough time to get over it. Like you were saying, like you're still a little gunshot. You're taking a lot of underdogs or whatever. And it's like, that's kind of part of Getting better at this is that like tightening up the window of time where you are all rattled by the game, right? And it's totally. like, oh, if I can get over it immediately, right? It's like a cornerback. They always say, right? Cornerbacks have to have short memory, no memory at all. Cause if you get burned, that's fine. But you got to run it back out there the very next play and you got to be aggressive. So we got to keep being aggressive. We got to have a short memory. And yeah, we're going to have a big weekend, I think.
1: I like it. I like it. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Of course, like and subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. That's Apple Music. That's or Apple Podcasts because it's a podcast. It's podcast. <laughs> and Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on YouTube. As always, like and subscribe. And of course, don't forget to check out us recapping the week's action on Monday on the Window Podcast with Mr. Russell, of course. And, of course, like I could close out each and every week. I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is, I'll name this football pod later, part of the On Blast Podcast Network. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.
0: On blast.